Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast today. My guest is Shante Dunbar. She is an author, dating expert, and new filmmaker. How are you doing today, Shante? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share with us a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm really excited to jump in and learn more about what you're doing. Our our pre-interview call was very interesting. So I'm really excited to dive in and learn deep dive further into what you're doing and how the whole story came to be and a bit more about your journey. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being here and I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to share. I'm a little bit of an oversharer. So this is going to be a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So Shante, as I mentioned, you're an author, you're a dating expert, an entrepreneur, a new filmmaker, podcaster. How did you garner the title dating expert? Oh my goodness. Well, what happened was I was sharing a lot of my dating experiences online and then the lessons that I learned Uh and uh, people started calling me a relationship expert. And I was hesitant with the title because I'm like, this is not something that I studied. But (laughs) I always say experience is the best teacher. So I just kind of rolled with it. And then I got really into it. The more I learned about things for myself, I wanted to share. And I had a lot of teachable moments. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) And the title has just stuck. (laughs) Right, exactly. So you published your first book called Diving in Stilettos, Memoirs of Dating Mr. Right Now. Can you tell us a bit about the book and when it was released? So I released it in 2017, August 8th, 2017. And basically, I talk about my dating life in New York City after my annulment. So on my 30th birthday, my ex-husband announced that he did not want to have any more children. Okay. And... He had children from a previous relationship. And so when we first started dating, that was one of the first things I asked him, like, do you want more children? Uh And he was, yeah, I would love to have a little girl and blah, blah, blah. And so our relationship kind of blossomed from there. And, you know, I understand now as I got older that people have the right to change their mind. But for me, it was just kind of like, you knew you didn't want to have any more children and you kind of led me on. Yeah. And so, you know, that's how I ended up getting the annulment. But, you know, it was something that needed to happen for me to get to where I am right now. And there's just no regrets and no looking back. And I'm just like super proud of my journey. Moving so, forward. Yeah. Now, you 
you say that the book picks up where your marriage left off. So I'm going to assume that marriage ending was kind of the catalyst or inspiration for writing the book. Is that right? A little bit. Like I actually, I was working like two jobs and this was like my very first apartment that I got all by myself. No roommate, no boyfriend, nobody. Right. So I had this extra time on my hands and I was like, oh, I should just, you know, make some money. So let me get a second job. Right. Right. So I did that for like almost three years and I got tired and I was like, why do I keep giving my time to other people and their dreams and their businesses? Like, what do I want? What is it that, you know, what's my legacy going to be? So I would go on these dates and I would come into the second job and share my story. Like I would be like fresh, hot off the date. Like you're not going to believe it. And so be like, you should write a book. This is hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then when I finally, you know, quit the job, I remember my coworker said to me, it was like, you're going to have all this free time. What are you going to do? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write that book. And you know how people say like, okay, dear, like, yeah. <laughs> that's cute. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, you know, fuel. I was like, you know what? I am, I am going to do this. And so I started to tell my dating stories, but I was like, I have to start from the beginning. So it picks up where the marriage ended. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now i know that every artist has their own process when creating their art can you speak a bit about your process when you sat down to write the book well you know i didn't have one of those moments where i was like it's saturday and at 10 o'clock i'm gonna start writing i was such a sporadic writer so most of my book was written on my phone on my way to work oh okay Yeah, that's very so unorthodox. It's like, very, and I'm just on the train, and I'm just like, "Oh, what better way to start, right? You want yeah. something, do it, right?" So I started telling this first story, and I was like, "I might as well start from the beginning." And then by my lunch break, I had written my first chapter, and you know, <laughs> I and you're like, "Holy shit, I gotta keep going!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Who else do I want to talk about? (laughs) And so I just went in chronological order. And yeah, it took me about six months to come. Wow. That's pretty wild. A lot of train rides. (laughs) No kidding. Well, to and from work every day. So there you go. And then lunch hours and breaks. Lunch hours at the gym. I would be like, you know, on the bike at the gym. Like, oh my goodness, I forgot. Oh, let me tell this story. I would call my friend. I'd be like, girl, do you remember when I went out with this one? What did you tell me? And then my friends would reenact exactly what they said. And I'd type that up like, yep, thank you. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a fun process. I'm that. sure. I also know that you self-published the book. Can you explain a bit about that process and how the decision came to be for you to self-publish as opposed to shopping your book around for a publisher? Yeah, so I'm an Aries and I'm a little bit impulsive. 
And when I want something, I want it now. Right. Right. So, you know, I wanted complete creative control on the book. I didn't want it to just be sitting on someone's desk, hoping that they might read it one day and publish it. And I was like, I want this story out now because I was just at this point in my life where I was tired of keeping everything private and being, you know, moving in silence like people tell you to do. And it was like, no, like I want to live out loud. I'm very proud of myself. And this was a a release for me. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to put it out there. And so, you know, a lot of people say you should network up. Like, you know, we're trying to get to the the higher person that that they think will help them. But for me, it was more so networking across. I know a lot of amazing people who are extremely talented and I utilize their talents. You know, a friend at work did the cover of my book. I had some friends, you know, read the chapters and tell me if they thought anything was missing. And, you know, they would break things down for me like, well, why do we need to know this part? Or is this necessary? Or we want to hear more about this. Like, this is really. And so it was like, really like a village. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as they say, it takes a village, right? Right. The book is my baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so how has the book been received? What kind of feedback have you been getting about it? And where can people find the book? So a lot of people have been saying a few things. One is, oh my God, how do you know my life? Another one is, this is my sister, cousin, aunt, friend, like this, this is her story. Like, I'm so happy someone told it. You know, and it's just very relatable. And, you know, I, I write how I speak. Yeah. So what you're hearing right now is exactly how you would read the tone in my book. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes and Audible. Oh. I actually went in the studio and read the book out loud. I did my best to uh, change the voices of the guys in the book. <laughs> And my engineer was hysterical. He was like, they all sound alike. And I was like, well, that's how they sound to me. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Sounds like quite the journey writing that book. Yeah, I'm taking her all the way. <laughs> was the process quite cathartic for you? Very. Like I said, I've always been like a, a private person. So this was my first time stepping from behind the scenes and just exposing myself and telling my truth. And being able to do that, I was able to make peace with my past and really start self-reflecting and figuring out how I can become the best version of myself so that I don't make those mistakes again. So. Yeah. Love it. You've dubbed <laughs> yourself an authorpreneur. Can you explain this title and how you decided upon giving yourself this title? <laughs> <laughs> you, you like giving yourself titles. <laughs> so. so authorpreneur, where that came from is obviously first I started as an author, but it kind of catapulted me into so many different realms of the industry. So from that, I became a public speaker. I would go to colleges and talk to their liberal arts program about human behavior and, you know, just why we are the way we are. And then I started writing for different magazine publications and it was just, it just kept going. I was getting interviewed for podcasts and people wanted me to be a part of the podcast and I created my own. I was writing poetry. I was doing poetry nights. 
and, you know, getting paid to do all these wonderful things that I enjoy so much. And I was like, this is amazing. This is- <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. I, all I did was write a book. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was write a book. Had you ever done any writing beforehand? I used to write when I was younger, so I would always write like poetry and short stories. But if you ask my, you know, 10 year old self, do you want to be an author when you grow up? I'm like, no, I want to be like Claire Hustable. I want to be a lawyer, you know, yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm an author. who makes money doing that? Like, you know, like, yeah. And now wow. I'm like, always been writing, always enjoyed it. Who knew? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You you mentioned speaking engagements and whatnot. You've teamed up with some pretty big brands as well to host events and speaking engagements around the U.S. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a bit about which brands you've teamed up with and how these collaborations came to fruition for you? Yeah, so my first collaboration was with S.A. Lauder. Okay. And they actually uh, sponsored my first book event. So I had a book signing at Lord and Taylor and they were there to do the makeup of anyone who wanted to, you know, get a sample of a, a date night feel uh, for the various characters in my book. So that was like super cool. Mm-hmm. And this is why I always say it's great to like network across because it's not always what you know is who you know, Yeah. right? You get one person that just believes in your vision and they're like, I want to introduce you to this person. So that's really how a lot of these collaborations came about. And then my book got into the Essence bookstore at Essence Fest and my book sold out on the first day. Wow. I just took a chance in getting there. They told me my book got in like a week before the event. Right. It's New Orleans. At the time, I was visiting a friend in Atlanta. So I'm like, holy shit. Like, Like, how do I get my book there? Okay, I got to figure this out. And that's when the village, you know, comes in handy. And, you know, like my mom helped me ship my books. We had a neighbor that just moved to New Orleans and she was like, she can stay with me. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Wow. And, you know, I had friends that were like, we're booking this flight. We got miles. We got. <laughs> it just all came together. Yeah. Everybody was like, you're going. And I was like, I can't let these people down. So, you know, that was like, one of the most rewarding moments in my author career. Then I teamed up with Shea Moisture for two years because I, you know, I talk about like my hair and skincare and stuff like that in the right. book, right? Because I have to look correct when I go yes, on. Yes, of course, of course. Well, so <laughs> I did a collaboration with them as well, and it just it just continues. So I'm happy to see what phenomenal. Amazing. As previously mentioned, you're also a new filmmaker. And I'm going to assume here, I kind of already know this, but you turned (laughs) your your book into a short film. So how did this whole thing come about? Okay, so like, you know how you have a vision board? Yeah. And there's certain things on your vision board that you're like, that's definitely happening. And then there's another side of your vision board where you're like, maybe one day, right? Yeah, yeah. The film was definitely on the maybe one day side. I was like, one day Will Packer will find me and (laughs) read my book and be like, it was you all along. Let's make this movie, right? (laughs) And then, you know, the pandemic hit and I was like, 
I've got all this extra time. What the hell am I supposed to do? Like, this is time that, you know, you kind of pray for. Like, I just need a little space, right? Yeah. Get the checks coming in, but I just need a little time to just breathe, right? Right. Especially being from New York City where everything is go, go, go. Yes. So I had this space to breathe. And then there was this program, the Five Shorts Film Festival in Philadelphia. Shout out to Shamika Sawyer, who is the founder. She's fantastic. And she runs a class that teaches you how to create a film. Okay. So she runs through every step of filmmaking. And then at the end of the course, you get to make your film. So I was like, okay, I'm going to submit the synopsis of my book and see if she accepts it. And that July, she accepted the, you know, registration. And from there, I was in class every other Thursday and just learning about film, storytelling, you know, antagonists, protagonists, like everything that goes along with it. And then December 12th and 13th, I shot my short film based on my book, Seven is the Little Spurs. <laughs> Two days you shot the film. Right. How, how long is the film? The film is 17 minutes and 58 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people see that? So right now I just have it in film festivals, but I'm going to start setting up screenings in a few cities so people can come check it out. Very cool. So can you speak to us a bit about the process of making your book into the film and how that experience was for you? It was exciting and scary at the same time. So that's how I knew I was supposed to do it. Right. Yeah. So it was basically, I was trying to figure out like, okay, do I want this to be like a big ass highlight reel or am I going to tell some kind of backstory like what am I going to do and so my instructor Shamika she's like tell a little bit of the before and I was like wait you know I purposely did not put all of that in my book like you in my business like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) and she's like girl like just do it she was like you have creative control it's It's yours yeah yeah and I was like okay so I told it from the very beginning, that moment of me like walking out the door into this new life. Uh And again, networking across, I have like friends who are actors and singers and just performers and creators. And as I wrote the story, I was like, I know exactly who's going to play each and every one of these characters. (laughs) And so I was like online, I think I was like voting I was online to vote and I started texting everybody. And I was like, I have this uh, movie. One person, I met her at a Women in the World event at Lincoln Center. And we were like seat fillers. And we were just talking. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I wrote this book. And she was like, oh my God, I'm an actress. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to turn my book into a movie one day. And I was like, and when I do, I'm going to call you. So... (laughs) Fast forward two years later, I'm like, hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm in. You don't have to say anything else. And I was like, okay. And it was like, no one in my head was going to say no. (laughs) Just determination and drive. You're not taking no for an answer, period. Absolutely not. Like, if they said no, they would really have to tell me to my face in a pandemic. Like... (laughs) 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 I was not allowing it. 
And it's so funny. I picked every character but my own. Right. Okay, and I'm yep. like, who's going to play me? I have no idea. And then, of course, you know, in a pandemic, I'm like stranger danger. I don't want to meet new people. Yeah. At this point. Right. And my cousin's wife, she's in theater. And right. she was like, Shani, she was like, hello, I'm right here. Like, I can do this. And I'm just looking at her like, you're going to have to audition. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're going to have to audition. And she blew me away. I was like, wow, this is it. This is, this is the crew. Phenomenal. Yeah. Amazing. How have all these recent experiences since the writing of the book helped to shape the Shantae you are today? Do you think? I think I'm more forgiving of Mm -hmm. myself. I allow myself to make the mistakes and treat them as learning experiences versus when I used to like beat myself up thinking everything had to be perfect and go right the first time. So yeah, I think it definitely helped me grow in in my compassion also for like other people, like everybody's not going to do things the way you would do things. Uh And that's okay, because it just gives you like perspective. And you know, if I'm learning from it, it's a good thing. So I just try to make sure I'm always learning the lesson. Okay. I want to speak a little bit about, I mean, obviously you've really taken on and embraced your role as a powerhouse woman, entrepreneur, (laughs) womanpreneur, authorpreneur, however you want to call it. So I want to speak a little bit about women in the entrepreneurial roles and in the entrepreneurial world. I mean, I come from a corporate background and I've seen, and even now, still that mindset and behavior of the old boys club mentality when it comes to things like equal pay for women in C-suite level positions or equal pay for women, not getting paid the same amount as their male counterparts for doing the same job. Women in C-suite level positions in these corporations, this, this old boys club mentality, the forties, it still exists. And I think it's ridiculous, but I think we are starting to see a shift with in mindset with women, more women, a lot more women jumping into the entrepreneurial role and not putting up with the shit and just saying, you know what, if I'm not going to get my, my due here at this company, fuck you. I'm going out on my own and I'm going to be my own CEO. So first question for you, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses? And secondly, are you seeing a shift personally in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? Hmm. I think women are at this point where we are really over the foot being on our neck Uh of, you know, men telling us how we need to behave and what a lady is and, you know, how we should be. Uh And it's like we are powerhouses we deserve seats at the table and if we don't get a seat at that table we're building our own tables i love it you know and and then i also think we're also embracing every aspect of being a woman right so Uh not every woman is designed to be a mother yeah we have the equipment but everybody's not mentally there to want to do that And that's okay. Some mother in different ways, or maybe we just mentor better, you know, maybe we just travel more and share our experiences that way. We're just multifaceted human beings. And I think now having this opportunity 
like this pandemic really set that off because you kind of got out of this robotic movement of my daily routine, that day-to-day, that hustle that, okay, I have to do this and doing it for someone else. And you were like, wait a minute, what do I want? I have this time to think, how am I going to use this time? And that's where all this like entrepreneurship just exploded because we tapped into our talents and there was no one with the the glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like you can do this. It was like, no, there is no ceiling. You've been lying this whole time. Yeah. And now that I see clearly, you can't tell me any different. And so we're just like going for it. And it's fantastic. And I just, (laughs) I see it and I like support it. And I'm just like, it's support of each other too. Yeah. Right. And and that's, that's a huge thing because I mean, as a male, I always saw women not supporting one another and pulling each other down and tearing each other down. And I know now through the many, many conversations I've had with many women that a big part of the reason for that was because of men. And not having enough of those seats at the table, as you say. So Mm -hmm. women had to compete for them and fight for them and do what they needed to do to look after themselves. And I've seen such a shift in this last 18 months of more women supporting one another and helping one another. And it's an incredible thing to see this, this amazing sense of community among women is just phenomenal. I love it. It's so inspiring. It is. And it's so powerful. And I'm starting to think that's why they tried to keep us separated all this time because they knew. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So, so speaking of all of this, what do you think the ways are and how can women continue to push through and continue to break down these barriers and ways of thinking and keep that shift moving forward? I think it's more about just being open And whenever there's an opportunity for something, you know, you pick your sister, Uh right? uh And you give people opportunity that wouldn't normally get that opportunity in a different setting. And you utilize the talents and you breed more leaders. Like that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Like you're leading, but you're creating more leaders. That's the definition of a real leader. Yeah. Right. So once you're able to just know that there's something there for everyone, what's for you is for you. You don't worry about competition because what's yours is already yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, no one can steal it from you. You can't steal it from anyone else. And there's enough money out here for everybody. That's right. Yeah. I was going to say that there is more than enough work to go around for everybody. This competition (laughs) mindset has played such a big part in preventing people from doing that, not just women, but men too. And we just need to realize that there's more than enough to go around. There's plenty because no one else can write a book the way you do, Shantae. No one else can make a short film the way you do because it's you. It's personal to you. And that's everyone's superpower is being authentically themselves. Absolutely. Tell your story. No one likes it. That's right. And and everybody has a story. Everybody. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? Oh, well, let's see. My family plays a big part. And it, I grew up watching my mother always do what she had to do, not necessarily what she wanted to do. Right. And 
So I always wanted to design a life where I did what I want to do. What's going to make me happy? What's going to make, you know, honestly, I'm more productive when I'm doing things I love. Of course. You know, yeah. More when I'm, I'm joyful. And so, you know, that, and then I have this amazing nephew who I'm just like, he's the most incredible human I've ever met. And I have to make him a trust fund kid. (laughs) (laughs) If I do nothing else before I leave this earth, he's going to be a trust fund kid. I promise that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you think about like your legacy, like what what's gonna be left when you're gone? And I'm like, you know what? I think I think I'm I'm leaving a pretty solid trail behind. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully it inspires others to, you know, tell their stories as well. So So speaking of stories, we'll go back to the dating for a quick second. With you being a dating expert, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned about the dating world and about yourself when it comes to dating? Accept people for who they are in this very moment. This is them. Don't date potential. Mm-hmm. Don't date what you think they could be or, you know, what they once was. It's accepting people for who they are right now. And that's what I would want someone to do for me. Like, I don't want you to treat me based on, you know, what you read in my book. Like right. she's a girl, but it's not my story now. Right. Right. That's my story then. So yeah. you have to accept the growth in people. It'll just make for a, a more pleasant experience versus trying to force somebody to be something that they're no longer. Love it. Mm-hmm. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? My greatest win. I think it was this moment where I was on the red carpet for my film premiere and I had my mom with me and we took this picture and it's like it's us two and we're laughing and it is the same picture that we took when my book first came out at my book signing and it was like this full circle moment of I told her I was going to do this Uh and look at it on this red carpet (laughs) amazing yeah. Oh, that was golden. Yeah. That was definitely high. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Um, I can find the humor in just about anything. And that's the way I like to teach, right? So if I'm making you laugh and you learn something in the process, then to me, it sticks. Yeah. Right. So for me, I think that's my superpower teaching in a in a fun way that makes people want to learn more about it and more about themselves so that they can be the best version of them. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of success, how do you define <laughs> the word success? What does that word mean to you? Success, I would say it's waking up every day, just grateful and happy and joyful, you know, just like okay, maybe yesterday wasn't fantastic, but today is going to be better. And just having that idea that I know it's going to be better. It's going to get better. It is better. I'm not where I was. I'm, you know, right here where I am and it's great. And it's going to be great when I get where I want to be. So just like enjoying the moment, Mm -hmm. every moment is success to me. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? A turning point... I guess it would be when I turned 40. (laughs) 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 
you can curse on here, right? I had this extreme fuck it moment. And I was just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And now's the time because why am I playing small for what? Right. It's Uh like you you lived your life this whole time following the rules and, you know, doing everything or what people expected of you. And it's like you lost yourself along the way. So what do you want? Go get it and go get it now. And so, you know, at this pandemic, you know, my family had moved to Florida and I was like, I've always wanted to live in Miami. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to (laughs) move. I'm going to go. The office is closed. I'll figure it out when I get there. Like, I need to be, like, near my family. I need a balcony. I need a view. I need to operate in a space of joy and not trauma, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. me writing the book and, you know, it was trying to escape something, right? I didn't want to work too anymore I needed to figure it out and even doing during the film it was like oh I'm like losing it in this pandemic I have to do something that's gonna like you know keep me creative and and make me want to like keep going so I have to do this film so I'm like what happens if you operate out of a, a place of happiness yeah what can you create then and yeah think of how much more you can create right it's so much better. I was like, oh, I should have did this a long time ago. <laughs> well, the important thing is you did it. So there right. you go. You didn't just are. keep putting it off. So Exactly. <laughs> Shante, what does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment. I would say empowerment is euphoria for me. It's a space where I feel like I operate at my highest, where I am you know, happy at what I'm doing when I'm, you know, just being and Uh somehow just inspires others to just be when I'm just myself. That's empowering, you know, you knowing that I have everything that I need to get everything that I want already. It's a matter of what moves and steps that I take. Like, I I have it. You had the power all along, Dorothy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) very true. Very true. (laughs) What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Learning to celebrate myself. I think that was a huge, huge thing for me. I always did, you know, what I had to do, needed to do, you know, to accomplish or whatever I was, quote unquote, supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it just hit different. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really did. And I was just like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's great. It's great. And it's okay. It is, it's, and it's an incredible feeling when you find your purpose and your passion in life. There, It's like mm-hmm. winning the lottery. It is. It is. And it's so easy. Like, I, I always felt like everything was hard and tough. Yeah. And why am I like struggling with this so much? And it's like, that's because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's right. Yeah. When you're living in your purpose and you're living in your authentic life, it is easy. Mm-hmm. Sure. There are struggles. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not simple every single day. And But you no. enjoy getting up and doing the work. You enjoy the struggle. You enjoy going through all of that because out the other side is you living your purpose and, and you creating good to share with the world. Exactly. Like I enjoy the challenges 
and yes. I learned to be of service. Like that was like a big thing. I always like, you know, I, I was never like a group right. <laughs> person. Like yeah. you know, well in groups because I was just like always be like, I'll do it. Just let me do it. I'll take yeah. care of it. Yeah. And it's like, no, sometimes it's about you being able to give to someone else what they need. It's not always about what they can do for you, but that's you right. Know, others, so yeah. Okay, we're gonna jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next group of questions just be one, two, three, forward answer type thing, okay? Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Joyful. What's your favorite stress reducing activity? Bike riding. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Compassion. What would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? (laughs) Hilarious, thoughtful, just fun. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Oh, goodness. Peace. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? (laughs) Who runs it? (laughs) (laughs) It would be women. (laughs) (laughs) Entrepreneur life is rewarding. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was <laughs> last podcast would be Empowerography. <laughs> ah, nice. And uh, the last book I read actually was the Bible. I read the okay. whole thing. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their eyes. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing or what lights you up the most about your career about what you're doing for a living um I would say just being relatable I love like connecting with people and just hearing their stories and you know sharing Uh I just feel like the connection is huge for me yeah what is one of your biggest failures? I hate using that word. So we'll say life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from it? I think it would be dating someone for their potential was not so great, but it was a good lesson, right? Because I had this idea of what I saw in them and what right. I wanted to be. And I uh-huh. thought that I could fix that and help them be that. And in turn, I was really draining myself trying to push this person who never saw what I saw right so it was like you know you can't force someone to be something that you know they have the potential to be but if they don't see it it's like yeah 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 you can you can tell someone till you're blue in the face that uh, what you see in them and that they're this or they're that and unless they see it and believe it themselves you'll never convince them yeah, I, I wasted a lot of time trying to fix people who didn't need to be fixed. Like they were quite content with being who they were. And yeah. I just needed to move on and find someone who was more compatible. That's all. Right. What's your personal motto? <laughs> oh gosh. What is my personal motto? <sighs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's Let's go. Let's do this. (laughs) What do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others? What do I do? It's something really like small, I think. I sit on my balcony. 
with tea and just rock in my little chairs and just take in all the noises, all the people I people watch, feel the the sun mm-hmm. and just like, beam on my face. And that is just a peaceful way to start the day. Like, you know, I can pray out there and meditate, just have a moment with myself before I yeah. get myself in the world. So yeah. Do and that. what do you what do you do to inspire others? I guess I share. Yeah. I'm unapologetically me, you there know. You go. That's the key right there. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? I think I I'm an encourager. I want people to believe in themselves, whatever it is. And uh, I take pride in helping people believe in their talents. And that to me is really rewarding when someone, you know, believes they can because they Mm. see I I can do it. They're like, oh, she did it. Yeah. (laughs) Not that, you know, it's not far out of my reach. Like, I can do it too. And help them get there. So, yeah. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Top three skills. I would say being kind. I would say leadership, like creating more leaders. That's Mm -hmm. how you are a leader. And pivoting. I think you should have the ability to pivot because life will throw some real curveballs your way. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. So you gotta, gotta learn that, you know, the goal is the goal, but how you get there, that might switch up a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The, the road is ever winding, right? Yes, absolutely. Always detours and speed bumps and all the rest. (laughs) Yes. You got to learn how to adjust for sure. Mm -hmm. And keep, and keep moving. And keep moving. Yeah. Always moving forward. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I would say my mom is a big influence on me. Not that she does everything right, but she does her best. And I've always admired that. I mean, I always agree with some of her tactics or understand her reasoning for doing things. But I forgive for things she didn't know because Mm -hmm. she was definitely doing the best she could with what she had. And so, you know, to keep going the way she did, it's like, yeah, she's pretty inspirational. Beautiful. (laughs) Shantae, what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? The best version of me. Okay. So I definitely have at least like one ab. (laughs) I'm totally healthy. Like, and every aspect of the term, like, Financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all healthy. I am surrounded by love and I see myself on like a really nice yacht with a really nice glass of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Crystal cold water. I feel like that's when I'll be like, you did it. (laughs) All right. Cheers. (laughs) If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Right. You like it. You enjoy it. You're most creative when you're doing it. So keep writing. Okay. Yeah. 
Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? Oh, goodness. I uh, forgive myself. I am worth it. I am deserving. I am entitled to miracles. And I'm me. And that is good enough. Well said. I love it. Shante, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You are such an incredible inspiration and proof that you can do anything you set your mind to if you put in the work. So congratulations on all of your success and all the things you've achieved. I'm sure there's much more coming your way. So thank yeah. you for being an inspiration and thank you for taking the time to be here. I appreciate you and welcome to the Empowerography community. I'm, I'm proud and honored to have you as a member. Thank you so much. This was a great opportunity and thank you for creating this amazing platform. I am honored to be here and this was such a joy. I've smiled the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear your smile. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. This has been such a wonderful chat and I appreciate you. I really do. I truly appreciate you taking the time to be here and share your story. Thank you. Hopefully I'll be back again. Yes. <laughs> your next book or your next film. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Keep going. Let's go. <laughs> Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Shantae Dunbar. She is an author dating expert, and a brand new filmmaker. Thanks, Shantae. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.